Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our senior pastor, Neil Haney. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. We're in the middle of a series called The Heart of the New Covenant, and uh, the, it, it's... Um, we, we really believe that uh, there are four epistles. Uh, by the way, the word epistle does not mean the wives of the apostles. That's, that's okay, just to clear that up. Um, they're short books, but in, in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, these four books kind of make up the heart of the new covenant. And um, in, in terms of, 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 you know, Paul revealing uh, what this new covenant is. And so we've chosen the book of Ephesians, um, uh, which we described really as kind of like the Grand Canyon of, of the new covenant because it's a panoramic view, especially the first three chapters, of this glorious gospel, this glorious covenant that, that we have entered into with the Son of God. No longer is the covenant like the old covenant between ourselves on our own, <clears throat> keeping the laws and the rules and God, but now the, co- the new covenant is with, with the Father and the Son, and we're wrapped up and included in the Son. Hallelujah. So it's no longer up to us. Jesus has fulfilled our side of the equation of this covenant, and he's in covenant with his Father, and we're in him. And it's, it, yeah, it's just glorious. So uh, in Ephesians, uh, so we get the panoramic view of, of this incredible revelation of, of, uh, of the new covenant, of the gospel, of the gospel of grace, and who Jesus is and who we are. But the focus, uh, you know, Dennis said this uh, a few weeks back, the focus, and, and, and when, when Paul is talking and he's saying you and, and we and us, he's not talking about individuals. In the entire book of Ephesians, he's referring to the church, to the collective body of Christ, to the bride of Christ, to the one who, uh, to, to, the, to the church that has been made up now of both Jews and Gentile believers, that we are a body, we are one, and we are one with him. So I just want to kind of review just really quickly where we've been. So far we've seen the love of God the Father revealed in his eternal plans and his purpose for us. His purpose for us is to be with him forever. That's his purpose. That's, his, that's all he cares about, honestly. That's hard to believe that the God of the universe that created everything, who existed in eternity and will exist for all eternity, has one focus, and that's to be with us forever. Isn't that awesome? That's how important you are. And we're going to get into that this morning in more detail. But we've been adopted as sons and daughters. We've been redeemed. We are accepted in Christ. Uh, We've been brought out of sin, darkness, and separation. And as the body of Christ, we're the masterpiece. We're God's masterpiece. You know, I I love to think of myself as a masterpiece. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes it's really hard to do when I'm looking in the mirror (laughs) and when I screw up. But, But together, collectively, is what Paul is talking about. We are this incredible masterpiece. The church is a creation of God, and he's brought us out of a a broken, fallen bunch of people and has made us his body, his church, his bride. And so now we're seated with him in heavenly places. And so last week, Dennis called us 
along with the Ephesians that this book was written to, and, and of course he said, you know, circulate this letter to other churches. So he's, he's speaking to the church then and the church now. And he says, remember, that was the important, you know, kind of uh, mandate from Paul. It's the only, really the only uh, directive that he gives before he gets into chapter 4. The only time he gives a command is in, in the first three chapters is the, is the command to remember. What are we supposed to remember? Well, we're supposed to remember what we were before we met Christ. We're supposed to remember that. Because you really can't appreciate what you are until you've thought about what you were. Okay, especially in, in, in light of Christ. And so we're to remember what we were before God's rich mercy and grace and love was poured out on us and we were brought into Christ. And, 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 and so uh, we're to remember that. This morning, um, we're going to springboard off of that into chapter 3. I don't know how I missed the first half of chapter 3. I know the, 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 those epistles very well. <clears throat> and, and I can tell you what's in just about every chapter without having to look. But for some reason, I overlooked the first half of chapter 3. So I'm very thankful that it's my turn to preach that. Because when I started reading that, and by the way, I started reading it in the ESV. I read it in the NIV, and it, I love the NIV. That's kind of the Bible I grew up with. But, <clears throat> but when I read the, the ESV version of that, it just came alive. And so that's the version we're going to use this morning. And, um, uh, but before I read it, I just gonna, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do me and you a big, big favor, okay? I'm going to ask you... Because Dennis and I are painfully aware that so many of you are dealing with pain, you're dealing with, with um, struggles, with conflict, with family problems, with marital problems, with financial problems. Like, you, you don't just come here uh, all giddy and, and just ready to worship and ready to hear the word. You come in with whatever it is you're dealing with in your life. And we understand that, and we always want to give room for that and space for that. And we spend a lot of time trying to kind of bring you, bring you along and encourage you that, that you're not alone. And that, you know, so, so but, but, but when we ask you to come up to the mountaintop with Jesus and look at the panor- panoramic view of, of who you are and where you are and where you're headed, we, we, we kind of, we're, we're asking this, this morning, I'm asking you this morning to, to let that go. That, that stuff go this morning, and, and I'm going to help you do that right now. Uh, so uh, you, you, you may be, you know, anxious. You, you may be, uh, you know, your, your, your kids are a mess, your marriage is a mess, your fine, whatever. You're looking for answers, and, and you're just really discouraged, and you're looking for help. <laughs> and, and there is help. I, I assure you that. But maybe you're just weighed down with busyness. I, I know that's true for me. And, uh, and, and there are just so many stressors in this life, especially in our age. We deal with more stressors, I believe, in this current age than any time in history. Life is just busy. And we're, we're helped along by social media and uh, news 24-7, 365. I mean, you don't have to wait until 6 o'clock to hear some talking head tell you what's going on in the world. You can look at your phone any time and find out there was a train crash in Springfield. This, you know, just yesterday. <laughs> no chemicals involved, we're told, but anyway, nonetheless, it happened. But guys, here it is. 
And I want you to know this, and, and I'm okay. I, just before I say what I'm about to say, I want you to know I'm okay with this. I have made my peace. I, I have no unfinished business with my dad. But I'm expecting before my sermon is over to get a call from my mom. I told her to text Deb. When that call comes through that he's gone, I just ask her to wave at me. Because he's 89 and a half, and he hasn't had any uh, food or, or fluid since Tuesday. And yet he's still breathing. And so I've booked a plane, a flight. Deb and I are flying out this evening, uh, about 5.30 out of Dayton, to, uh, to go home, and I'm going to do his funeral. So I'm at peace with that. But those are the kind of things flying around in our minds, right? So I want you to stand with me for a moment. I'm going to do something here. I'm going to try to help you out. And I just want to ask you for just one hour to just hand all this stuff that you're dealing with over to Jesus, okay? And... Um, and, and then Jesus is going to take you to the mountaintop of this panoramic view and just show you this breathtaking view of, of the big picture. And he wants you to see him, and he wants you to see the Father, and he wants to see you to see what a vital part you are in all of this. But I just want you to trust him with, a, with the outcome of all these things that we're carrying this morning. So if you would just do this, if you would just hold out your hands and close your eyes and put, kind of put your hands together like you're holding something. And I want you to picture whatever that thing is you came in with this morning that would draw your attention away from what Christ wants to show you this morning. Just picture that thing. For me, it's my dad and his passing. And I want you to just see Jesus standing in front of you with his hands out. Okay? Would you just picture, just use your sanctified imagination as my, my seminary professor used to say. Because God has given us the ability to imagine things. And I just want you to hold out your hands and, and just hold that thing above his hands now. Now, just turn your palms over and drop that into the hands of Jesus. And I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I give you my dad. And we give you everything we, carry, we carried into this place today. Because we want you to take care of that while we're listening to your word and your truth that will set us free. And so, Jesus, don't just hold it. I'm asking you to work on it, to solve it, to, to begin to do what only you can do for each one of these problems, whether it's relationship problems, financial problems, marital problems, uh, job problems, lack of job problems, whatever, you know, bad medical diagnosis, whatever's going on, we give those things to you now. And God, I ask you to take care of them. And God, anoint me now to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So the message this morning is entitled, The Mystery Revealed. The Mystery Revealed. The word mystery, Paul uses, he, he actually says, he referred in, in 12 verses, so I'm, re, I'm, I'm going to be reading in a moment, verses 1 through 12. He mentions the phrase, the mystery or this mystery, four times. But all 12 verses refer to this particular mystery that he's talking to us about. The mystery that has, has been hidden for ages and now has been fully revealed to us in Christ through Paul, the Apostle Paul. Paul has been given this mystery. He's been shown this mystery. It says in Galatians uh, chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, that he learned this gospel and this mystery from no man. 
God took him into Arabia and, and downloaded this revelation, this mystery, this gospel to him. He didn't receive it from a man. He received it, he said, from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then he went 12 years later or whatever and, and found out that what he was preaching was the same thing as Peter was preaching and the rest of the apostles. But he had just this really clear revelation for us, the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And so the word mystery is a bit mysterious. <laughs> so pardon the pun. Um, you know, it, in, in our English and in our culture, uh, mystery hints of kind of a veil, kind of a secretive thing that, um, you know, it, it, it's something that's dark and puzzling and on a, only a few people know about it and understand it. That's, that's kind of how we view the word mystery. But that's not at all what Paul is saying here in this text. He's saying that this is a mystery that is beyond human discovery. So we can't figure this out on our own. And it must be and now has been revealed to us by his apostles and prophets by divine revelation. So that's the mystery. My watch keeps buzzing, so I'm going to take it off. Um, he has... God has revealed his mystery to those who will pass that on to us. And Paul has been given the stewardship to pass it on to Gentile believers. So what is the mystery? Well, I'm going to read the text now. And I'm going to, again, as as we keep saying, I'm going to read it slowly. And I want you to know that the definition of of this mystery is actually given about halfway through. So be listening for it. Because Paul actually says, this is the mystery, okay? And then he tells what it is. So listen to this. For this reason, and we're going to go back and look at what that is. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, that's us. I think it's just about every one of us. Assuming that you've heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. So I was given this stewardship of this grace, and I'm supposed to give it to you. I'm supposed to pass this on to you. How the mystery, there it is, was made known to me by revelation. So he's referring back to this thing that I just shared about how Jesus downloaded this to him when he talked about it in Galatians. And as I have briefly written, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. So it's a, this is a mystery of Christ, okay? So he's saying, you know, I want, you to, I want you to, as you're reading this, I want you to perceive now. I want you to be able to see this mystery. This mystery which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. You know, it's hinted at. You know, I mean, God told Abraham that I'm going to bless you and through you, all the nations of the earth, will be, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. But he didn't give any specifics. First, first Peter, verses 10 through 12, talks about how the, the, the prophets, as they were getting the word of God and they, as they were writing the scriptures, they, they, they were really like seeking and, and praying and, and, and looking into what was being given them and, and trying to figure out the times and, and, the, and, and, the, and, and the person of Christ. Who, who was this going to be? 
What, what, when was this going to happen? They didn't have the full revelation of this mystery. And they wanted to know, but they realized that this was not for them, but it was for future generations. Hallelujah, that's us. Even angels long to look into this mystery. But it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Here we, here we go now, verse 6. This mystery is, and if I were punctuating this, I would put a colon right there, that the Gentiles, you guys, are fellow heirs with Christ and the Jews that believe. Members of the same body. We're, we're all members of the body of Christ and and, and Jewish believers and Gentile believers make up one body, the body of Christ as with him as the head, and partakers of the promise in Christ, Christ Jesus through the gospel. What is the, what is the promise that we're partakers of? Jesus said, do not go anywhere, but wait until the city, until the promise has been, of God has been sent to you. What was the promise? The Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. That's where we get life. That's where we get revelation. That's where we become one with him, with God. And so here are the three things. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the, of the Holy Spirit, the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, the good news. The good news, hallelujah. That is really good news, guys. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the, the very least of all the saints, and I'll explain that later, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Man, that phrase right there just really grabs my heart. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. Hallelujah. So that the church, the manifold wisdom, I'd put another colon right there. The church, colon, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places. This was according to, to the eternal purpose. Not purposes, but the eternal purpose that God has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him, in Christ. <laughs> wow. How did I miss that first half of that chapter? I, I don't know. But man, when I started reading it and reading it and rereading it, it just set my heart on fire. So I'm going to take us through this here in a moment. But he starts out in verse 1. If you could put that back up, Kim. For this reason. It's kind of like the word therefore. You know, you, you, go to, you, you have to see what it's there for. So... For this reason, he wants us to look back at something. He wants us to look back at, at, at uh, Dennis's sermon last week. And, and I'm just going to summarize it in this way. So just, just buckle your seatbelt, hang on. I'm just going to fly through a summary of Dennis's message last week. God, through Paul, was saying that you're, in your spiritual deadness, in your sins and transgressions, in your worldly lifestyle, in your bondage to evil, evil spiritual forces, in your slavery to your own evil lust and cravings, in your condemnation under the wrath of God because you were living in sin and you weren't alive, you were, you were dead in sin, you were disqualified 
to have any relationship with God or to be included in his people, in his family. That's pretty bad, but it gets worse. (laughs) It gets worse. You are not a part of God's people in any way, shape, or form. You are separated from Christ, the Messiah. You were strangers to the covenants of God's people. Without hope and without God in the world. That's really bad. That is really, really bad news. And again, it's when you see the bad news and then you understand what God has done through Christ for us, the good news looks even better. <laughs> it really does. And here's the title of, so, so we were disqualified to have any part in God or his people. We were separated from God's people, alienated from God. But now, that was the title of Dennis's last message. But now, God has sent Christ to bring us close to himself. He has removed the dividing wall between the Gentiles and God's people, the Jews. And he has put us in himself And he has come inside of us. And he has taken us and exalted us to the right hand of the Father. And we as his body are now seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus in heavenly realms. (laughs) It just blows me away, man. He took us from the deepest depths of hell to the highest heights of heaven. Isn't that awesome? So now, we are God's... We, we are completely qualified to be a part of God's people and one with God in Christ, redeemed through his blood, made alive in Christ, given the Holy Spirit, united with Christ, seated in the heavenlies, fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's very household, the family of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're in that, we're in that family circle now. I, I just, guys, that is the highest honor in the highest place in the universe, in, in all of creation, in, in the, in the three-dimensional world we live in, and in, in, in the fourth and fifth-dimensional world that we're going to live in, we are now in the family circle of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. You, I, that's just that's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And if it ha- hadn't been for Paul telling us this, we still wouldn't believe it. And some of you are even having a hard time believing it. Believe it. Okay, And you can't mess this up. That's the really, really good news. (laughs) You can't mess this up. This is a relationship between God the Father and God the Son, and you're included in the Son. So you you don't have the power to mess this up. So I want to give you an opportunity before we're done. If you haven't come into a relationship with God, if you're not experiencing this yet, whether you're in this room or you're watching on, on, on live stream or you're watching this later on, just on, on the recording of the... You have the opportunity to come into the family of God, to come into all that God has for you here, to come into the, to the unsearchable riches of Christ. Why would you want to miss that? And so towards the end of my message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to come into your heart, give you a spirit, and quicken you to life so that you you can experience all of this in Christ. So what is the mystery Paul says has been revealed? I'm just going to go back to my text here. 
He says, this is the mystery. You Gentiles are fellow heirs with Christ, co-heirs with Christ and with his people, members of the same body, partakers of the Holy Spirit. And he says, this good news I was made a minister of and a steward of according to the gift of God's grace. Why would he need God's grace to be a steward of this good news to the Gentiles? Well, let me just summarize it for you. (laughs) Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He loved the old covenant. He loved the law. He tried to keep the law in his own strength. And he did a pretty good, he was a a pretty clean-nosed Jew. (laughs) And, And he was very proud that he was a Benjamite. He was There were only two tribes left after uh, the Assyrian invasion, Judah and Benjamin. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. So he was a a purebred Israelite, and he was a teacher of the law. And he studied under the the greatest teacher, uh, Galileo, I think was the guy's name. So he he was really educated. He really knew the Jewish law. And he said he surpassed all his contemporaries and keeping the law and then he met Christ and he had taken it on himself that he was going to destroy the church he was going to destroy all these Christians especially his Jewish brothers and sisters that had sold out to this false messiah he was going to put them all to death and so he's and or imprison them so he set out to do that very thing and then he met Jesus in the way (laughs) And he, became, he was Saul at the time. And so after he met Jesus, God changed him and said, guess what? <laughs> Not only are you going to be a part of the church, you're going to be a carrier of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that you're persecuting by persecuting my church. But the very people that you hate the most, the, the dogs, the Gentiles, the goyim, you're gonna, you're, I'm calling you to take this gospel this good news, this mystery to these Gentiles that you hate so badly. And Paul said, where do I sign? I'm yours, Lord. Do do with me what you want to. And so now he says, I am a prisoner of of Christ. He literally was in chains when he wrote some of these epistles. Chained to a Roman guard, probably uh, either under house arrest or in some prison hole somewhere. And he was completely filled with joy. He was chained physically, but his, his heart was free. And he determined to get the word out. And so he was, he was given this work to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. <laughs> to tell us that we are fellow heirs, members of, of God's body. Christ's body and partakers of the Holy Spirit, sealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, um, the phrase, the unsearchable riches of Christ, um, it's so big that Paul can't even articulate it. He doesn't even attempt it. Even though this is the, we're looking at the Grand Canyon here, Paul doesn't try to unpack the unsearchable riches of Christ because there aren't any words as, 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 well, as, as, as well as Paul wrote, and as, as brilliant as he was, he really couldn't, he, because it's unsearchable, right? 
I told you that my dad is hours, minutes, whatever, away from, from leaving this planet. On Tuesday, my sister said that she was with him in his room. He's in a hospice room in, uh, in, in my parents' hometown there. And um, she said he reached his hand out like this. He had kind of been asleep, and then all of a sudden he reaches his hand out. And she said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, well, Jesus and two angels are standing in the corner, and I want to go home with them. He's been kind of back and forth between two worlds. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's here. That's what happens when people are in this kind of in-between state, like, like they're, they're ready to go home. And he's seeing things that he probably can't describe. He's seen his brother, his sister, who, who preceded him in death. But he's seen stuff that, that he probably couldn't explain, even if he were awake enough and, and alert enough to do so. I had a seminary professor talking about what happens when we die. And he said this. We've been talking about the Grand Canyon. He said, when we finally, our heart stops and, and we breathe our last breath here, and we breathe our first breath there, he said, it's, it's like we've been living in a, in a broom closet all our lives, and someone opens the door, and we step out to see the Grand Canyon. It's going to take eternity to soak that in, to, to search out the unsearchable riches of Christ. But we get to start that right here and right now. Eternal life, abundant life, begins right now. And so Paul says, I want to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who, by the way, is still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God who created all things. I'm not talking about some new God here. This is a new covenant, but it's the same God. And so he has hidden these things until now for you to be aware of. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. Let me tell you something, guys. The church has been hidden before Paul and Peter and these guys came, and, and especially Paul, started talking about this thing that God has created now in these last days called the church, that really wasn't on anyone's radar. You understand what I'm saying? People may have understood that the Gentiles would be brought closer to God, but they had no idea that God was creating a body and a bride. Does that make sense? No one saw that coming. The prophets didn't see it coming. And let me tell you what else didn't see it coming. The rulers and authority, authorities in heavenly places that rebelled against God and were cast out of heaven. When God said to, when the Father said to the Son, let us now make humankind in our image and in our likeness, they said we don't have any part of that. They didn't understand that God was not just making human beings that were the highest cre creation, the highest thing ever created but that God in the end of time was going to bring us together to form his body and his bride. To spend with him for all eternity. To be with him for all eternity. And so one of the things that God is going to be so proud of is he's going to show these rebels what he was intending when he created us. You guys should have cooperated with this because now you're going to miss it. You're going to miss seeing what I've done. Because the body of Christ is a masterpiece. 
The bride of Christ is beautiful. The bride of Christ is the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride prepared for her husband. That's us, guys. You guys, I, I, you probably like me. I struggle a little bit being a bride. You know, I like being a groom. <laughs> but we're not talking about fleshly stuff here. We're talking about an eternal intimacy with the living Christ, that God the Son, His bride, His body. Man, it's awesome. And this was according to the eternal purpose, the eternal purpose, one purpose, that God has re- realized. Listen to that word, realized. It's already realized. It's already happened. You're already the bride of Christ. You're already a part of his body. You are already the body of Christ collectively. And you're, each one of you are important. Don't ever think that just because I'm part of this bigger thing that I'm not important to God. So much of the, of the scriptures in the new covenant were written to individuals. Humble yourself before the Lord that he might exalt you in due time. That's, that's individual. But this, this is about the body. The body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the church. This creation that no one saw coming until it was revealed through the prophets and, and, and apostles in this new covenant. Now listen to this part. Let me see if I've missed anything here. I've got to catch up with my notes. I love this last part. This is so, this is so exciting. So, let, let me just go back to verse 11 again. This was according to the eternal purpose that he, that God the Father, realized in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we, listen to this now, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence to approach God through our faith in Christ. Okay, yeah. I just, I have to, I have to say this. I'm going to ask you a question, I'm going to ask it again. Do you have boldness and confidence to access the Father? Do you have boldness and confidence just to come right into his presence, sit in his lap, talk to him? Some of you do, some of you don't. I, I, you know, I know that you've seen this happen because it's almost um, impossible to, to, to hide this. But when Lily is here on Sunday mornings and, and Wes is leading worship and she sits Daisy down, Daisy's my 21-month-old granddaughter. As soon as she gets free, she makes a beeline to the stage. And she throws herself up here somewhere, whether, wherever he is, as close as she can get. And she's saying the whole time, Dada! That's what we're talking about. She has boldness and confidence to approach this stage because her Dada is leading worship. You hear what I'm saying? That's what the Father wants you to do. You have invitation after invitation after invitation, Hebrews 4, Hebrews 10, this verse here, to come boldly and confidently into the presence of the Father because this is his eternal purpose for the church and for each one of you, okay? You know, uh, I've been told that John F. Kennedy, two presidents, John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln, both had the same policy. There was a group of people or persons that did not have to follow protocol to come into the Oval Office. Let me just ask you a question. Do you think for a moment that you could walk right into the Oval Office and approach 
uh, Joe Biden without being put in jail within an hour. You'd be cuffed immediately and taken out and put in some kind of paddy wagon and taken to a, a restraining, you know, holding cell until you were put on trial for whatever that charge is. <laughs> Approaching, trespassing, encroaching, whatever. Five-yard penalty, encroachment, offsides. Todd Lincoln and John Jr. and Caroline could walk right in to the White House, right past the guards and, and the Secret Service, right into the Oval Office, right around the big desk, and right into their daddy's lap. And they were told, the guards and Secret Service and everyone was told, when, when my son Todd or when my children, John and, and, and uh, Caroline, come into this house, they are not to be harassed. They, are, they, are, they have my permission to, to, to walk right past the guards, the Secret Service, the protocol, and right into my office and right up to my, right up to my lap. You know, right into my lap. That's, that's confidence and boldness. That's access. That is, that is what you've been invited into. And I want to tell this, I want to tell this story as I close here. Uh, Dennis and I have a, a favorite author. He's a great uh, teacher of grace. His name is Baxter Kruger. I think Dennis mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He tells this incredible story. Uh, he's an author, he's a theologian, he preaches and he travels and teaches. And uh, he was sitting in his study, and he has the same policy that, that um, Lincoln and, and, and John Kennedy had about his children being able to approach him at any time, at any point, for any reason, day or night. And so he's in his study with the door shut, and he's working on a book or writing a sermon or whatever he was doing. And his son had had a, had a friend spend the night. And he really didn't take time to get to know who this kid was. He just knew that his wife said, hey, you know, I don't know Baxter's son's name, but let's call him Johnny. Johnny has a friend coming over to spend the night, and uh, he'll be here through most of the, uh, the morning and afternoon. So just be aware there's another kid in the house. And Baxter's like, okay, that's cool. And so <laughs> he said, I'm sitting there at my desk working, and all of a sudden the door bur- burst open, and here comes my son and his friend, and he grabs my arm and pulls me out of my chair and into the floor. And all of a sudden, these two kids are on top of me, and we're wrestling. And I get on top, and I'm, I'm you know, tickling their stomachs. And, and we're just having this great time just wrestling. And all of a sudden, they get tired of it, and they run out the door. And he said, I'm just laying there in the floor, kind of reflecting on what just happened. And he said, I had the strangest thought. He said, you know, I, he said to, to the Lord, he says, I don't even know this kid's name. And yet, he just came in with my son and engaged me in this, this intimate play. We were, he was wrestling with me. He was touching me. I was, you know, we were, we were engaged in everything that my son was engaged with in this kid that I don't even know was engaged with me too. And he said the only access that this kid had to me was through my son. Now, Baxter didn't know this kid. God knows you. And he loves you because he made you. (laughs) But we have access and boldness and confidence to approach God through his son, Jesus Christ. How much more will your heavenly father love you and allow you to approach him with boldness and confidence 
and have access to him and to climb into his lap and tell him where it hurts and tell him, tell him your problems and your struggles just like you did a few minutes ago. That's your privilege. That's Psalm 55:22. Cast your cares upon me for I care for you. Guys, we have access. Do you have boldness and confidence to enter into the Father's presence? I mean, ask yourself that. Do I really feel that, that kind of access, that kind of boldness, that kind of confidence to approach God? If you don't, hear the gospel. Hear the good news. The door is open. You don't have to check in with the guards. You can walk right past the angels. You can walk right up to the Father and climb up his lap and say, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I want you. Dada. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.